This episode of The Concession Stand is brought to you by Blueberry. Blueberry offers the best media hosting, accurate listening stats, and their all-new PowerPress Deluxe sites. It's a no-setup WordPress website for your podcast with all of the necessary links to share your show with the world built right in. If you currently produce a podcast and are looking for a better media host or looking to start a new one from scratch, head on over to orbitaljigsaw.com slash popcorn to sign up for the best media hosting and a PowerPress Deluxe site and get your first month absolutely free. That's orbitaljigsaw.com slash popcorn, or just use the promo code popcorn at checkout for your first month free. And now, enjoy the show. Hey, I'm Jake Barton, creator of the history storytelling podcast called Historium, and you're listening to The Concession Stand on the Orbital Jigsaw Network. You're listening to The Concession Stand Podcast on the Orbital Jigsaw Network. From movies and TV to consoles and video games, let your geek flag fly with your hosts, Nick Howe and Andy Nelson. the concession stand podcast if you're joining us for the first time we're glad to have you on board for episode number 65 i'm nick howell and sitting across from me as always mr andy nelson how are you sir i am doing fantastic coming up later in the show we're going to talk about robin hood and rambo making a return to the big screen venom may have lost some of its shiny black luster with us mm. and your friend james cameron is trolling us again but in a good way this time nick Tell us a little bit more about Orbital Jigsaw and where people can find us. You can find this and other shows over at the all-new, I should say, OrbitalJigsaw.com. It has gotten a complete facelift, so if you have not checked that out, be sure and head over and check out the website. We are really, really proud of it. Hey, give us a like on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Official Concession Stand, or head over and follow us on Twitter at Concession Stand. Come over, hang out with us, let us know your thoughts on the show on iTunes or the all-new Podchaser.com, which is touting itself as the new IMDB for podcasts. You can leave reviews, check out episodes, all that good stuff. And hey, if you like what we're doing, head on over to Patreon.com slash Concession Stand. Throw a couple of bucks in the tip jar or sign up to do your very own Stone Cold Salute on an upcoming episode. Nick, Infinity War, which we did a big review of last week, yes. broke the bajillion dollars <laughs> in record time. I think 11 days Oh, it made a billion bucks globally. That's a lot of money. Yes. Globally, it took 11 days to make that. And it, it kind of got us thinking a little bit, right? Is Bob Iger Dr. Evil? I just have to ask <laughs> that real quick. One billion dollars. Yeah. No. Disney's kind of running the world right now when it comes to entertainment, it feels like, right? Yeah. But uh, I don't. we don't often hear that Disney name associated with the properties you'd expect, like a Marvel or a Lucasfilm. Yeah, you know? I mean, you know, we know this, yeah. and, and a lot of movie fans out there kind of, I'll do air quotes, know this, but it's... Is it fair to assume that the general movie-going populace really gets it? Do they understand those this, people that this whole made thing? it a bajillion dollars right. in, in eleven days? I mean, there's a, all of us that have podcasts and we're deep embedded in all of that, and we the reviewers and they all understand the the that how all of that stuff works. But I mean, I don't I don't know that everybody truly understands that stuff and why it's such a big deal that a Marvel movie, among other things, made a billion dollars in eleven days, yeah. right? So, I mean, let's put this in some kind of industry palatable terms. Let, let's use the box office because that's always just a great reference, sure. right? Um, did you know, listeners, I know you know, Andy, but did you know that they, meaning Disney, of course, now have 10 of the top 20 all-time 
domestic box office films. This is not adjusted for inflation, yep. of course. Ten of the all-time highest-grossing 20 films are now were made by Disney. Now, that's not even counting the older films that they got as part of the, the Lucasfilm acquisition, like Star Wars A New Hope and Phantom Menace, Episode One, right? Respectively, those are 13th and 12th on that list, yep. uh, just, just so you know. So you mentioned the box office. Yep. Let's look at that a little bit more, right? Okay. So you remember they moved the Avengers back a week. It was originally supposed to be May 4th, right? but they moved it back to April. Because the solo was going to be on the same weekend sure, or something, we, right? That, that, that's our take. We don't, we're not uh, in bed with Iger, but we, we know certain things. But Ew. I'm just going to throw some stuff at you, right? Yep. Because in my opinion, Disney is poised to basically dominate the box office for each quarter of the next two years. If not if, each month. Right. And here's what I'm getting at, right? Yeah. So if you let's go back to December. Last Jedi comes out. Last Jedi breaks a bunch of records, right? Then they have the surprise hit. I don't know if it was much of a surprise, but it was bigger than they expected with Black Panther. That's February. Certainly bigger than I expected. March, Wrinkle of Time comes out, makes a bunch of money. April, now Avengers owns that title. We've got May. We've got Solo coming out. We've got June. We've got Incredibles 2 coming out. In July, you've got Ant-Man and the Wasp. August is going to be Christopher Robin, the uh, Winnie the Pooh movie where uh, Ewan McGregor plays an older Christopher Robin. Going to be, I, I it, like the spin on I, this. I love the doing. idea, but yeah. it's like an August time where nothing else comes out, so that'll probably do well. Like it last year, right? Yeah, then they take a bit of a nap in September and October, and then they come back with the one-two punch in November of the Nutcracker movie that, that's coming out that looks amazing, and then, of course, Wreck-It Ralph 2. And then in December, you've got Mary Poppins Returns. Holy Boom. smoke. There's the end of 2018, and then potentially there's a, a merger or something, but we don't know. But just the Disney slate of 2019 coming up in March, again, you've got, a, you've got Captain Marvel and Dumbo. Wow. So there's another big March <laughs> bajillion box office, blah, blah, blah. And then right back in May of next year, you've got Infinity War 2, which everybody's going to want to go see because of the way that this one ends. And then in June, you've got Toy Story 4. July of 2019, you've got a live-action Lion King. There's probably something coming in August that we don't know about. And then they take a nap again in September and October to rest up because Frozen 2 and potentially the Jungle uh, Cruise movie with The Rock comes out in November. Both of those are in November, and then they're going to follow up with this tiny movie in December called Star Wars Episode Nine, the whatever the title is. Wow. That's, that's the next year and a half for Disney. There is no reason to think that they're not going to dominate the box office from here on out. Between just Black Panther and Avengers, they've already made $2 billion worldwide. In a few just months. Just the box office. In a few months. Yeah. That's... Oh boy, Nobody can insane. compete with that, right? No other studio can compete with that. I you would know, assume. And it, it, the funny thing is, is that after you know we were we were speculating at the beginning about how people don't really understand all of this revolves around is under the umbrella of Disney, right? right? And and I think as I I really understood it as you were going through those movie dates even more that all of those properties are under the umbrella of Disney. And I, I the more we talk about those things. It's it really comes into focus that oh my god people really don't understand that this is all coming from one place yeah it's it's this is fantastic so I mean that's really the what of of this whole thing but I, I it's why why do we care why what is the what is the big thing why are we bringing this up why should consumers and why should the industry as a whole really care about this so why don't we get the the castle with the fireworks going over it at the front of sure. last jedi or at the front of avengers infinity war right it's, that's really the the crux of this whole thing um to me this is very strategic Strate if we come strategery <laughs> right this is very strategic from the standpoint of just not tarnishing that kids and family friendly kind of feelsy brand yeah 
that the Disney name just explicitly implies. That's really what this comes down to. I mean, why pick and choose who gets that castle with the fireworks uh, in front of it? Aren't they all Disney films? No, they're not. I mean, at this point, Disney has gone full meta in the sense that they now are the sole. They don't just have one studio. They have, I don't know, they have a bajillion studios. Because <laughs> yeah, bajillion yeah, is, is whatever number you want it to be. But right. uh, Marvel is its own studio, right? Marvel Studios sure. is its own studio. Lucasfilm is its own studio. Jim Henson Studios, anything with the Muppets. Yes. So th- that's where this really comes down on. And there's just, there's just head honchos. They're just bringing in investment money. They're going. Their job is to go out and find money and kind of let the generals run each of the individual studios, right? I mean, I guess I'm talking about Bob Iger in that sense, right? He's right. the head of this whole operation, right? So, so as opposed to the act of filmmaking, rather than just, you know, you've got the head of Sony that's going to run the f- filmmaking aspect of it as well or just be kind of an executive producer in that sense. But I don't know that Iger gets that involved with it. You've got Kathy Kennedy running Lucasfilm. You've got Kevin Feige running Marvel, right, yeah. for examples. So I, there are. What is their job at this point? Just to get money? I, I guess so. But let's not forget that they also own one of the big four television networks in ABC. Like all of the talk about Roseanne being a big hit. That's Disney. I love that show. I think it's fantastic. And think about that. You don't associate Disney and Roseanne. Those are two opposite brand things. But they own it. Yeah. Dancing with the Stars. Disney. Big hit. Right. It's it's all there. They're in the process of populating and launching their own Netflix streaming service. We don't know when it's coming, but it's coming soon. Yeah. So they're going to get into the streaming world and make it a subscription model. That Dis- if, whether they put the Disney name on it or the ESPN name on it, they just did it actually with ESPN. ESPN now has a streaming something. Where you well, can they're get doing more- ESPN Plus. Right. It's yeah. out. It's it started. It's already there. Well, you mentioned ABC and Dancing with the Stars and Roseanne specifically. Yeah. I've been watching Roseanne on Hulu, which it- is... ABC is one of the founding members alongside NBC and Fox of Hulu. So they've also got a big stake in that in association with ABC. The other thing to remember is back in the day, there was there was Touchstone Pictures and yeah. there were Hollywood Pictures. Some of the better 80s movies. Sure, right. but they were always sort of a darker thing or like maybe an R-rated or pg 13 like thing. That's what Disney used to do to hide the Disney name. Wait, Touchstone was Disney? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I yeah, so that. those were the other Disney studios that or Disney picture companies huh. that brought out the stuff that wasn't, you know, Mickey Mouse. So this isn't something new that they're doing. They've no, been doing this for decades. No, but they're doing something a little bit different, and there's definitely a strategy involved, like we talked about. <laughs> well, they do really well to create this illusion of all these separate entities just operating independently. I mean, Lucas, Marvel, Henson, ESPN, all that stuff we were just rattling off. So, I mean, that's what this really all comes down to, listeners, is... Let's talk about why you should care as well as the whole industry should care. I mean, it, one place has all the money. That's really what the, oh, I have all the money. It's Bob Iger at the top of his monolithic yes. Sauron-esque. In, you know, this, in the Scrooge McDuck vault. Yes. Of course. Swimming around in, yes. you know, in, in more kind of industry speak or in sales speak specifically, uh, this is known as the funnel. Everything funnels out, right? Um, as Andy rattled off earlier, they just dominate the holiday seasons year round with these temp pole billion dollar franchises. And, you know, we just continue to fill up these slots. And I think one of the strategic things that came about <laughs> this was having enough billion dollar franchise temp poles to put into almost every single holiday and monthly quarterly slot right. that's out there, right? I think there was a time where they didn't have that, but having Lucasfilm and having. Uh, Marvel and potentially having the Fox properties, which we'll talk more about later, um, could fill up the entire calendar year. Yeah, for for Disney uh, as from that perspective, um, this also from an industry perspective affects the other major studios uh, directly or indirectly. How you want to do it? Uh, look at it. 
their decision-making process when it comes down to things like slotting. Like, where are they going to put their films yeah. if there's constantly big Disney bajillion-dollar tentpole franchises in every month of the year? It gets back to, like, how do they compete? Yeah. It, I don't want to say it's not fair, but, I mean, did did they earn this? Did they just have more money? I mean, does this bury all of these other films when they come out? Is this one of the reasons why they, they didn't perform well at the box office this weekend? Right. You know, Now we've got the rags running around saying that, but it's is it a side effect of Disney? Having all of this uh, this domination going out, and I mean, for example, how does the head of Paramount decide when they're going to release their new like Mission Impossible is coming out this summer, June twenty seventh, I think. So it's not exactly the July fourth weekend, no, or, or holiday, but it's in that big summer blockbuster time frame. Right? But it feels like they waited to get all the Disney stuff out of the way, and they're like, "All right, now we're going to do Mission Impossible. You'll like it. Trust us, it looks good." And you and I are both very excited to see that that's our big giant summer action movie well july you've also got ant-man and wasp is that right. falling on the then that's coming from disney that's is, a week after i think after is it is mission impossible july or june i can't remember but i'm pretty sure it's <laughs> i'm pretty sure it's june 27th or uh it's two weeks after incredibles i think but we were talking before the show and we could not think of a film that was not disney that we were excited to see outside of Mission Impossible this summer. Especially in a movie theater. Especially in a movie theater. And I think that is kind of the point we wanted to get to here. Um, also, a few weeks after The Incredibles are coming out is another example of, yeah. of that, right? Yeah. Like, we, we think it's Mission Impossible. We don't have, the again, all those things in front of us. But um, here's the thing. I, as I think about this, they've done this by acquiring all of these other intellectual properties, right? Disney used to be, to me, used to be just like, here's the Mickey Mouse movies and here's the cartoons and, right. and that stuff. And Cinderella's and all And you go, to the, and you go to the theme park and then now you're 10 and then you don't do that anymore. Yeah. And then when you reach the age of Touchstone and Hollywood Pictures, you go see Tequila Sunrise or Splash or something like that, right? You're you're old enough for that, but you're too old for the Disney little kid stuff. My mind is blown right now, by the way. I had no idea that the Touchstone thing was a Disney yeah. thing. So now now flip that on its head, right? And and now instead of saying it's Touchstone or Hollywood, we're going to say it's Marvel or Lucasfilm. That's what they're doing, right? Wow. So they're they're they've been very strategic about capturing you as a kid, and now that they've captured you as a kid, they've taken you through your teen years with the comic book movies and the Star Wars movies, and they get your entire life cycle of the things that you like, and they've taken these intellectual properties, and then they've also done live action remakes of those things that you watch as a kid. So when you like the Jungle <laughs> Book as a cartoon, like yeah. here's here it is with a real kid, you know, and and and, and here's Dumbo as a real elephant or whatever they're going to do with Will Smith, which costs them nothing because they already own the story. Oh. They got to pay somebody to write the script and such, but they've got this endless vault of just material and characters and things that people are going to like forever because they're they're going to become an adult and then tell their kids about it and then you just it's it's this endless cycle. It's genius, really. And well, it's I mean, not a year has gone by really without having some sort of Pixar animated feature. I mean, going all the way back to like Toy Story, yeah, ninety five. So since twenty five wow. years almost, there's been a Pixar movie every single year, and the quality of those are always top-notch take maybe good dinosaur out of that equation or some people don't like brave but i think it's great but i think it's fantastic there's always a good pixar movie at least yeah. once a year and they typically come out in june or in that november time slot we're going to get into that formula a little bit later um actually maybe right now yeah so, let's do it right now the current formula which we just sort of talked about it seems like there is a now a big marvel movie every early part of the year we did the black panther thing this year um and and the next year it's going to be avengers Captain. of course right but that's but that's Think of it like in, if we do the oh, like first quarter, first is that what quarter, you're like about? before the summer, quote unquote, movie season starts. Memorial and, Day, yeah. And, and, the, and the classic summer movie season that we've grown up with was, you know, Memorial Day to to July 4th. And yeah. then that's expanded now back to March because now we've got these big movies coming out in March. We talked about that in a previous episode with the Lego Batmans and the Logans making big money. But 
as far as the Disney formula goes, now you bring out a big Marvel movie in the first quarter. You you let that make a bunch of money, and then you hit them again with a with an Avengers movie or another Marvel movie or some other live action movie. Right? So this year was Black Panther and Avengers, right. Infinity so, War, and like last year in May it was Guardians. This year it's Avengers, and then in June it's Pixar month. So last year was uh, what was it? Uh, uh, last year was um, I don't remember, but this year it's Incredibles, and then next year it's Toy Story, right? So in July this year it's Ant Man, and then last year it was Spider Man. Even though it's technically not a Disney movie, but it was still like a thing where they had their characters and they made a, a piece of it, right? Well, we need to talk about that a little bit. I think we will later okay. though. Let, okay. Let's come back to that one because that's an important. The distinction between Sony and Disney or Marvel is, is an important one to go over. And, then, and as far as like next year, like that May slot, that late May Memorial Day was supposed to be Episode Nine, but then they did the whole director switch. And then now that's moved to the December slot, which it was cut, Colin Trevorrow initially, right? The the guy that did Jurassic World, right? And then he made that other bad movie, and then they didn't want him anymore. And then they were like, "Oh, JJ, save it!" Right? Yeah. Um, so it was supposed to be next, like for the in that because that's when the original Star Wars movie was released in '77 was that Memorial Day weekend. And then they figured they'd close it out the Skywalker saga, or whatever, for Memorial Day of 2019. Um, but it got pushed to the to the fall of 19. But it actually kind of makes sense to me because. If you think about the new Star Wars sort of model, other than Solo coming out at the end of this month at the Memorial Day weekend, the big hits of Star Wars have been Force Awakens December, Rogue One December, Last Jedi December. Why not do Episode Nine in December? And you you sort of train the the consumer brain that a Star Wars movie is coming out in December, just like you've trained them that in early uh, part of the year there's going to be a Marvel or some sort of big movie, and then we're going to give you something in May that's that's probably a Marvel or a live action something, and then November we're going to guarantee you some sort of Disney animated thing. Think about that timeline. It's been Tangled to Frozen to Moana to Big Hero Six. I don't remember the order exactly. And this Coco year, was in there. Yeah, and Wreck It Ralph one, and then now Wreck It Ralph two is coming. So you're going to get when Thanksgiving comes, you can have your turkey, and then you can go see a Disney animated movie. It's it's genius. It really is. And they and they and they place these things so well, and they thought so far ahead that we'll just do this, 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 this. It just becomes routine. Well, as we were writing this show, we came up with some kind of open ended questions that I think we want to ask each other, yeah. and you know, listeners, you guys chime in as well uh, with your thoughts about what you think of this. So, Andy, I'm going to throw the first one at you first, and then you can throw it back to me. Okay. Um, are we worried about this? Are we worried about them owning all of our beloved properties? And potentially, I guess you would say, overexposing us to them. Or are we okay because everything they've acquired has just been a hit? Everything they're putting out is a hit. Uh, initially, I was extremely worried. Weren't you? When when they said, oh, Disney's going to make Star Wars. You're like, oh, man, it's going to be all cartoony and like kid-like and like whatever. Yeah. And like and, and Disney acquires Marvel. Like, oh, man, it's not going to be as like as like risque or like tough and like brutal or, or as like a comic book world would be. But... They've been smart enough with their marketing geniuses and their imagineers or whatever it is to not only take those properties and make them better. Like you can't tell me, regardless of what you think of Force Awakens, I know you're not as big of a fan of it as I am. You can't tell me that Force Awakens and Last Jedi aren't better than the three prequels that Lucas made because Disney had Kathy Kennedy and they had some sort of and Rogue One even Rogue One went through some rewrites just to make it better. I'll, Disney, I'll qualify with that with its subjective and its twenty year. T- 20 years later, yeah. almost. And you could say that Disney has, has made this Marvel Cinematic Universe. Granted, they didn't start it, but they picked up the torch and they and they they put Feige in charge of it. That, to me, is good management when you say, like, fine, you're doing well with it. You take care of it. We'll step in when we need to. And I don't know what the, what the we've stepped in. Like, you know what? You shouldn't do this in that movie. And you shouldn't do that in that movie. They've probably just said, you're doing fine. We're making a billion dollars. Keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. Don't change a thing. Right? Right. 
uh, my take on it is when Disney first picked up Lucasfilm was cool. We're gonna get a bunch more Star Wars movies. I was I didn't really I was you I weren't worried about that whole like nope. Disney thing. I was I saw what happened with the prequels under the under the helm of Lucas. And I was like, mm-hmm. I'm one of the weirdos that actually enjoys the, the, the prequels because I do too. To me, there if you look at as individual films, there are all kinds of problems with them. But if you watch the entire eight movie saga as a thing, even in the machete order, if you want to do that, right? Yeah. I still enjoy the prequels for what they contribute to the overall Skywalker saga. Sure. It's it is what it is. People have their things about Jar Jar. That's fine, but I still watch them. I still enjoy it. There are some great things in Episode One that way outweigh the the fallacies of Jar Jar Binks. Um, that said, I was very excited when Disney picked them up because it was like, oh, they're going to take it and run with it. Whereas we were kind of getting to the end of things with Lucas. Yeah, it felt like it was di- it had died off. After it, I mean, the it did for however many years. Yeah, we had no Star Wars movies. Would we from get back 80, with from eighty three to ninety nine? Yeah, sixteen years of nothing. Well, unless you count that crazy stuff in the early '90s with the Christmas special, and uh, oh, anyway, that was way before that, but yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Um, but no, when I was I was pleasantly surprised and excited when they bought them. I was excited. I was happy that George was getting a payday and getting a payout and getting to sell it all. And I was excited that there was a up and coming new, more modern company that was going to kind of take it and run with it. Yeah. And when we heard JJ was going to get coin, uh, uh, you know, he was going to do the first one. I was like, okay. Uh, a proper sci-fi fan, a proper blockbuster fan that understands this stuff is going to go make it. Whatever you think about what it turned out to be, I'm happy with how we've gotten to where it is. As far as Marvel's concerned, look at all the content they have churned out in just the last few years from the Daredevil Netflix series to the the, the Feige stuff, the empire that has been built over the last 10 years. Man, who am I to sit here and say anything negative about what has you can questionably ask about or say things about <laughs> Jessica Jones or Luke Cage or whatever, but Iron that, Fist. But all of that said, look yeah. at the amount of content. Yeah. So no, I'm not gonna sit here. I is am I worried about them owning it all? Not yet. Not yet. Yeah. Not yeah, yet. That's a good way to say it. Not yet. Because <laughs> I'm having so much fun yeah, with like, all the stuff they're putting out. What happens though if 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 when episode nine is done and let's say like we are cautiously optimistic about the solo movie. And then when episode nine is done and Ryan Johnson's going to go off and make his all new trilogy of characters that we don't know yet. We don't, you know, it's, it's not tied to anything. Is that going to matter? Or are we excited because like, Oh, they might make a, uh, Obi-Wan movie with you and McGregor, or they might make a Yoda movie. And do you do enough to, again, that life cycle thing that we talked about, do you enough, do enough to keep, the new kids coming and do you do enough to keep the old fans still like engaged? Yeah. It seems like they find found that balance. I'm going to ask you question number two. Ready? Okay. Question number two is, are we excited about anything coming to the movies this year? That's not Disney. I just rattled off all of those movies that are coming out. Those are the movies that we are excited uh, for. I, I'll, I'll say again, Mission Impossible. The sure. new Mission Impossible sure. movie looks fantastic, but Tom Cruise, in my opinion, doesn't make a bad movie. Fight me. I dare you. Yeah. Um, it's one of those things where I, I they have they have filled the calendar with so many things throughout this year. Uh, they've announced this week as well there's going to be Luke Cage Season 2. We got uh, Jessica Jones Season 2 already. So they're not only doing the film stuff, they're also doing the Defenders universe on Netflix. Correct. And that's kind of... D- Disney owns that, but that's sort of like a separate... It's, that's not under Feige. That. That's a different thing. But you're, But you're right. It's um, still all Disney. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> 
Or, I mean, Netflix comes into play there, whatever, that gets complicated. But like you said, Mission Impossible. Like, name another movie that you know that's coming out this year. I can't. Can I you? Know, I, it's like Predator, I think, is coming at some point. I know there's an Aquaman. We know nothing about I know it. It's there, coming in I, August. I we know. know nothing about it. There's an Aquaman movie coming in December. It is May, and we've seen nothing about this movie. <laughs> what are you doing, Warner Brothers? I don't, we got there's, we got a solar trailer a, a year a, ago. There's a Fantastic Beast trailer that uh, that I've seen. That's great. Yeah, and there's another one of those coming. That's cool. I'll see that. I guess. What's next for Justice League? What's next for DC? Aquaman is December, like we said, but we've seen nothing for it. We were talking about Solo a year ago. Not just us talking about it. They were releasing things. They were giving us nuggets. The marketing machine was in full effect. The fact that we know what's coming next year from Disney, the marketing machine is in full effect. I'm wondering, though... Quick aside, if if you'll allow me, uh, uh, I'm wondering uh, if, no. if, if this <laughs> no, is right. no asides. Oh, damn it! All right then, <laughs> I'm wondering if Warner Brothers is learning a very hard lesson and and doing some listening and watching after what you could you know kind of critical failures in Suicide Squad and Justice League. If there's taking a step back and going, hmm, maybe we went about this the wrong way. I would hope so. I would hope so as well, and I'm, but I'm wondering if that's a knock-on effect to why we haven't heard anything about Aquaman or what's next for Justice League. Are we still going to have Batfleck? Where's Superman yeah. without his mustache? You know, all of this stuff. I, I just have so many questions for the Warner Brothers execs. Like, what's next? Like we we've talked about the fact that the MCU has a plan. Yes, right. It's not just the MCU that has a plan. The Lucasfilm has a plan, and all of that means that Disney, above all of them, has a plan. There's a bigger thing here happening that's not happening at these other studios. Paramount's going to be like, oh, we're going to do another whatever. And Universal's like, we'll do a Fast and the Furious. Oh, yeah, we'll do oh, Jurassic World. Yeah, I want to see that. But of course. Again, that didn't even come to the front of our minds. That's a huge Jurassic Park movie. That we, I, I still can't get Avengers Infinity War. We're still too close to I that. I know, but I mean, that's a big movie coming this summer <laughs> that we just suddenly like space on, right? Yeah. Everybody wants to see the next big thing. I mean, is that because of the marketing? Because we're constantly being bludgeoned over the forehead with it. Or is this just because of the quality of the IP from the creators of this content? That's a, that's one I'll throw back to you. Is Which is it? And why are we so enthralled by all of this stuff that is all of the Disney stuff is be, that's being put out from the animated Pixar stuff to the live action remakes to the Marvel properties to the Star Wars? I mean, we are, is it just because we've been along for this ride for the last 10 or so years at least? Not just in Marvel, but in Star Wars and, and in Disney Animation and in yeah. Pixar and all. Yeah, you're right. We want to see the next big thing. I think it's a combination of the both where you're talking about is it is it the next big thing to go see in a theater or is the next big thing about the characters we care about, the IPs that you're talking about. I still clamor for original ideas, yeah. but but they're not getting thrown at me. You know, I, 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 I'm going to get distracted when somebody says, there's another Infinity War. Like, yeah, okay. What about a this? What about a something new? And we get those occasional things that happen. The surprise hits, the get outs, the it's, it's not an original property or the quiet place or something that's like a different experience. Sure. But these studios, because of how they've like set the, the pieces in, you've got March, you've got May, you've got July. You've got like, and like, how do you like, Oh, we'll try and do this at the same time. They can't, it has to be, they have to, they have to fight back with some bigger intellectual property, which nobody else owns because Disney has it all. It's almost as if everybody else has been pushed back on their heels and yeah. they're just trying to stay alive and trying to 
keep their head above water. And I think sense. that's why why the, we had so much trouble with the, with the Warner Brothers stuff and the, yeah. and the DC stuff is like uh, uh Justice League, uh, Batman v Superman. Ooh, we got to compete. And like instead of just like taking their time and doing that stuff and having a master plan, which they clearly don't. You remember a time back in the eighties and nineties where we had legit bona fide movie stars. And it was it didn't matter what was coming out next. You were going to go see the next big Arnold Schwarzenegger action movie. You're going to go see the sure. next big Sylvester Stallone sure. action movie because you were invested in you just I love those kinds of movies and I know what I'm going to get when I go see them. They're formulaic in a sense. And I think that's what's something similar has happened here. I know what to expect. Because I've been shown trailers, I've been shown Kevin Feige's master plan to conquer the world yeah. with phases yeah. uh, of Avenger of uh, the Marvel universe. So there's part of that where they're doing a really good job uh, of sharing all of that information with us. I'm gonna I'm gonna break the 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 the, the, the thought process that we had and do a little bit of. of What's happening? Not at the at the, uh, at the box office, but we are a, a universe, or we're a we're a people that. We want a, a continual story. That's why we binge shows on Netflix. We don't want it to end. That's why we were pissed when Infinity War ends and you just want to see the next movie right away. We want it now. We want it now. We want it now. We want the characters to keep continuing. We want to know what happens in the next Star Wars movie. What I'm getting at is with all of these intellectual properties, they can't give it to us fast enough. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And so the other studios can't catch up to that. They can't. They can't be like, oh, here's the thing that you're gonna like, and if you do like it, then we'll make another one real quick. They don't have the, they don't have the, 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 the March May. It, you know what I'm getting at? Yes, they, they don't have that that much content to schedule right. out, and, and there's not much left of the intellectual properties of the things that are like the the old school. Like there's James Bond that's left, there's Lord of the Rings that left, and and Amazon bought them, and there's the DC characters, and Warner Brothers has Harry Potter, and they have Justice League guys, and they have. Looney Tunes and they have Hanna-Barbera and that's it uh, as far as like the tie uh, like the the test of time tried and true characters you can always rely on you're you're out of them at this point well how do we create some more that's an interesting you mentioned uh yeah. Lord of the Rings a minute ago uh Amazon is we've talked about on the recent episodes has they're in production now from what I under or at least pre-production for the new Lord of the Rings series yeah so that's a that's an interesting segue to uh, our last question here, which is, will one of the tech giants like Apple or Amazon step up and buy Disney? Like, I can't even imagine what that buying price would be, but both of them have the money to do it. Yeah. It's not out of the realm of possibility. Before you, before we get into that, can I, can I, I yeah, had another yeah. thought. I want to get back to this because you said something earlier that I thought was really cool where you said there used to be a time where you would go see the movie with the neck, with the movie star that you were attached to, that you would go see the next Schwarzenegger movie or Bruce Willis movie or whatever movie it was. And in my opinion, but, Tom Cruise is the last one of those. But what I'm saying is what's happened now is all of those movie stars are now a part of some franchise. Think about that for a second. Mm. Keanu Reeves is John Wick. Tom Cruise or is the Ethan, Matrix. Tom, sure. Tom Cruise is Ethan Hunt. If you look at the list of actors that were in the movie that we just saw last week, Josh Brolin, Benedict Cumberbatch, Robert Downey Jr., Chris Evans. These are bona fide movie stars in today's world, and they're all in the same freaking movie. And they've been in the same universe. And for they 10 have years. no choice. Like it, uh, Oscar Isaac's uh, in 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 uh, Last Jedi, an amazing actor. He's a part of it. Benicio del Toro. These are big movie stars. Granted, these aren't people that will sell tickets, but these are big name actors that will draw people to a movie theater to see them do what they do. They're not doing the independent stuff that we want to see. Yeah, sure. Brolin and, and del Toro are going to be in Sicario too at some point. Oh, there's a movie I'm excited for. I forgot about it. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's no 
go see that movie for the next thing they do as whatever they're going to do. It's go see them play the character that you already know. Yep, it's weird, but well, it's, no, it, but that's it's, but that's the world we live in now. But I th- I'm gonna I'm gonna throw it back to you and okay. say I agree with what you said earlier, where it's about investing in a story, the te- yes. world building and storytelling that we've never had li- on this level before. Right, and whether that's coming from comics or previous sci-fi novels or fantasy lore, whatever that is, there's a you can go back to starting with Lord of the Rings was sure. probably the, where sure. this kicked into gear in the early 2000s. But I, I want to go see the next iteration of that story or the next chapter of that story. I think, the, like I said, Tom Cruise is, to me is the last bona fide movie star that I'll go see anything he's in. I think you're right. I don't go see anything, any other... Denzel, maybe. Yeah. Denzel, maybe, yeah. Um, to be fair. But I, I don't go see movies for who's in it anymore. Daniel Day-Lewis, but he barely does it anymore. He's, he's retired. retired. He's officially retired. And De Niro, not anymore. Mm-hmm. Pacino, not we'll anymore. We'll see what happens with the uh, Martin Scorsese sure. Netflix $100 million thing. So yeah, let's go. Let's can, go back to the. Yeah. Sorry, I, I took us off track for a second. Yeah, yeah. Go back to the, the the thing you asked me. You said what's to keep? What was that? What's to keep the tech giants like an Apple or an Amazon who have all of this cash? As far as I know, and I'm not the corporate takeover guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? I might be. I'm the guy that works for all of these corporate takeovers. Comcast has basically paid my rent for the last year. Yeah, <laughs> and, and 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 a million Thank times you, over. NBC, a mil- Universal yeah, Comcast. A million times over, but. What is to stop somebody like an Apple or an Amazon who have liquid cash? They don't have the $70 billion of debt that a Netflix has. What's to stop Apple from just being like, you know what? We're going to buy Disney, and now we own all of it. Disney and we, themselves? And, and we, if, if I'm going to answer that question directly, the only thing stopping it. Tell me. You're it, the business guy. Tell me yeah, how yeah, that yeah. works. So the only th- so it, Apple can. I think Apple's got something like $700 billion in cash. In cash? In the bank. If you listen to their earnings calls, they're a public company. They do it once a quarter. So does an Amazon all of them do. Google does it as well. So all of these guys do these earnings calls once a quarter, and they tell you. Apple, I think, is 685 or $690 bajillion in cash. Yeah. Like, in their checking account. Like, right. we can just, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Uh, and now the interesting part of this, if, you're, if you've been paying attention at home, is that they had been spreading that money across the world and hiding it for tax purposes. Now, with some of the new tax rules, they're having to bring it all back, but they're getting tax breaks on it. Okay. So now that they're bringing all this cash back to the U.S. to be in the bank... They're probably going to want to invest it in something. Yeah. So I could see where it's very enticing. Amazon, we're seeing a big push to create original content. Netflix is out there doing it, but I consider Amazon to be a tech company. Not only are they a retail giant in the online space, they're also a massive tech company. Almost all of the apps that you use on your mobile devices are hosted by Amazon Web Services Yeah. in their quote-unquote cloud, right? The enterprise spaces, corporate entities in their IT departments are leveraging resources in Amazon's cloud. They're coining money hand over fist. But what Amazon's doing that Apple's not doing is going out there and creating and building that prime library of content, whereas iTunes is just listing other people's stuff. But what I'm getting at is, what if... I was getting there. Okay, sorry. I was getting there. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. So I think Amazon is probably more invested, a la Netflix, in creating their own original content, whereas someone like an Apple could be really prime to buy into this space rather than investing in building their own studio, so to speak. I I would not be surprised if we saw something like a $250 billion buy or merger or whatever that is. You got to go back to something like AOL and Time Warner back in the early 2000s to get yeah. it this big. But I, I would not be surprised if you saw a Apple and Disney merger sometime in the next three to five years. 
All right. It's all right. it's a very real possibility, and then we get into all the things we've talked about on this show: the them starting up their own movie chain, movie theater chain, right? Why doesn't Disney do that? Why, why doesn't Why doesn't if they have all of these movies, <laughs> they could, why don't they just take all the money as well? It's all part of the plan. They have enough to. I don't. Again, I don't know the cash value of everybody, but it would seem to me that if Apple can walk down the street and be like, "Hey, Disney, here's two hundred fifty billion, which they can. Why can't they also like you, you see what I'm getting at? Maybe they're just waiting. Time and effort. Maybe they're just waiting to see how the the chips fall, and then they'll step in. Time and effort. This all comes down to uh, ramp up time, or what we refer to in the tech industry as ramp time, right? So y- you, if you buy or if you create something from scratch, it could take you three to five years to get it to a point to where it's profitable, yeah. or where you're turning that product over if you're building it from scratch. Them buying Disney or a merger between the two companies would be an instant hit. It would be a win-win for shareholders on both sides of the things. Now, all of a sudden, you And get, for consumers, wouldn't it? And for consumers. Well, subjective. That's kind of what we were talking about earlier. Is okay. it good for them to have all the money, for them to have all the things that we love, right? Now, all of a sudden, Disney and Apple have exclusives that you can only get on iPhones okay. or on iDevices. I have an iPhone. As, as iDevice <laughs> yeah. owners and someone yeah. fully invested in the Mac universe, yeah. I, I'm fine with that. But I root for it. I understand, but half the world uses yeah, right. Android devices. Yeah. So it, you begin or, to kind of question. Or Microsoft. Or Microsoft. Thank you. So it, it, it could be a really exciting thing for geeks like us that slot right into that sweet spot. But for the other half of the world that doesn't, it could become something that's really ugly where they're not getting to see it. I can dream, can I? So, yeah, I guess you can. Well, guys, that's... Uh, Fun. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. I, I think we I think we might have opened a bigger can of worms than we expected there. Listeners, what questions do you have for us as far as this con- is concerned? I, I have certainly have some research that I want to do off the back of this conversation just from things that came up. Me too. Um, but, Andy, how was your week? Um, we had a National Star Wars Day on Friday. Hey. When May the 4th be with May you. Which with you just well. happens to be my daughter's birthday. Of course it is. And, it, and I got you lucky. You guys induced for that, didn't you? No, we didn't. But I was really rooting for her to hold on a little bit longer. <laughs> on May the 3rd of 2009, uh, Emily turned nine on Friday. We had what was an epic weekend. And we did the birthday party at the house. So uh, Amy and I made the mistake of, not a, it was a good mistake. We're like, let's just have a sleepover with nine third graders. Uh oh. Nine third grade girls just come over and then we'll do a bunch of activities, including um making slime. That's all on the couch and the carpet now. Bad bad idea. <laughs> um we'll we'll do a cake. We'll do like let's have them make their own hot fudge Sunday bar and like we'll make all these crazy toppings like it's yogurt land. Um so we got them all hepped up on sugar and they had a dance party with like all the crazy Philips Hue automated lights. We had a disco ball and like everybody was dancing in our house. We were hoping they're gonna crash and be out at like eleven o'clock. Well, we said it's bedtime at 11 after they watched Jumanji, the new one, but they stayed up until 2.30 in the morning <laughs> and, and Amy went to bed and I was just, I was up and they're like, we want to do stuff. I'm like, go to bed, please go to bed. Just, you got a softball game tomorrow. So then after that, it was two softball games on, on Saturday. And then we had ice skating on Sunday and then it was go to a birthday party in Northridge and then come back for another softball game. It was an amazing weekend. Like they were busy and the girls are wiped. I'm but, exhausted uh, just listening. I to know, you. I know, I know. But somehow before all of that happened in the last week, since we chatted, uh, I got caught up on the expanse. We're up to we're up to episode four of season three is done. So in two days we get to see episode five. I know you're just watch it. You'll love it. I know you're a sci-fi guy. You've been wrapped up in Lost in Space. I gotta watch that. Yeah. So we can we can um, talk about all of that stuff. The other the other one that I've been doing in the meantime is going through our MCU order that we came up two episodes ago in sixty three. We got a lot of positive feedback on that. We spent yes. a lot of time coming up with a way and an order that you should watch all the MCU movies, regardless of whether you've seen Infinity War or not. 
go back and watch this in our order. I'm actually doing it now. It was much easier to write it down than it was to take the 36 or 37 hours to go do it, but I've started it and it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun to go back and watch it with this way, even knowing what you know, to do it in a timeline like this, where you go Captain America, Iron Man, Iron Man 2. It's pretty fun. Will you do me a favor and like take notes of things that you forgot about or missed out on? I'll tell you one right now. In in the beginning of Iron Man 2, he's in like a party in Monaco before he jumps into the race car. Yes. And Elon Musk actually has a cameo in that movie. I've totally forgot about that. (laughs) Totally forgot about it because I didn't like the movie Iron Man 2, but I'm kind of into it now. So yeah, I mean, there's one note for you right there. I want want my boat. Yeah, yeah. What about you? What'd you do? Oh man! Well, I am currently I, I'm I'm into my reality TV. You know, you work in it. I really enjoy it. So I love American Idol. I have watched it from the I'm beginning. Do the, I'm doing the finale in a couple weeks. Oh, very nice. Yeah, I'll be very there. nice. We'll talk more about that yeah. um, as as you can. Uh, so American Idol, they're getting down to the final numbers. They're into the top nine, top five. I don't really know. Uh, top five, I think. Uh, so enjoying that. Two of my favorites are still in there. So uh, go them. Uh, Master Chef Junior. I'm also a Gordon Ramsay addict anything I, Gordon lots Ramsay. of friends i have lots of friends on that show they all worked on the biggest loser with me nice. uh the director is a really good friend of mine was at my wedding oh you actually met him you probably don't remember but yeah, go ahead. i probably don't uh but yeah master chef jr is wrapping up now they're down to like the final four or five kids and i gotta tell you man i think i can cook pretty good yeah you can and then i see a nine-year-old make <laughs> like souffles and some of this super fancy five-star kind of fare uh, and i'm just like yep i i don't uh, I I should just give up and just keep grilling stuff. But yeah, I enjoy those. Um, also, I've, I'm not sure why, but I'm just one of the movies that I watch every single year at least once is There Will Be Blood. Interesting, and it's one of those obscure movies that not a lot of people really like. But I just I'm obsessed with it, and I watched it again today while I was working while we were writing the show. I, it's just Daniel Day Lewis's performance. Yeah, I think I love the Wild West era as uh-huh. well. I've said if I could get in a time machine, I would go back to the Wild West and be a cowboy, a gunslinger, whatever. But that has something to do with it. That kind of discovery of the Wild West, and there's this weird soundtrack that just has these kind of just bang, just weird tangs all the way through it. Yeah, uh, it's by Radiohead guitarist Johnny Greenwood. Yep, yep. Uh, I just I love stuff like that, and you know I wish I had mentioned that one on our future of film right. scores episode. Yeah. That we did way back in like, it was episode 47? 47. 47. Something like that? Yeah. Uh, so go back and check that one out. That was a really fun episode. I, I go back and listen to that one every now and then too. But um, for those of you that have been with us for since the beginning, uh, since uh, almost, way, days of yours. Yeah, it's almost two years now, right? Almost, it'll be two years in August. Sweet. Holy smokes. Oh, God. For those of you that have been with us from the beginning, you know we used to talk about wrestling. And then eventually we split that off with me and Sir Ian Dangerous yes. uh, onto the Busted Wide Open podcast, right? Uh, we wanted to let everybody know that if you liked that show or you listened to Busted Wide Open or you like the wrestling stuff that we used to cover here on Concession Stand, we are going to be going live very soon in a sports center analysis kind of way. That's exciting. We're rejigging the uh, the studio here, the Orbital Jigsaw Studio, to flip things around and set it up for a live broadcast. Going to be bringing in some lights, some cameras, all kinds of good stuff. We've also launched our brand new YouTube channel. Um, we got to get to a certain number of subscribers before we can flip all the little fun magic switches on. So right. head over and subscribe yeah. to the Busted Wide Open uh, YouTube channel if you don't mind. We'd really appreciate it so we can get all of that stuff set up for you guys. But 
Definitely head over and check that out. If only you knew somebody who could help you set up the live broadcast. Yes. Huh. I mean, we're here in Los huh. Angeles. Huh. If only you I, knew somebody I, who does live TV. Yeah, uh. I wonder if I have any kind of stage manager mm. slash AD mm. kind of friends. Mm. Oh, wait, that's what you do. Oh, it is. Oh. Isn't that fun? Thank you very much for all of your, your help and your guidance and your answers to questions that I had. This, I, this place is going to look totally different in about two weeks. Can't wait to see it. It's going to be awesome. And Ian's a great dude. We were talking about it last night. We're really excited about it. Yes. Um, I'm excited for you guys. Me being a wrestling fan, too, I can't wait to listen to it and i can't wait to watch it wow and it's obvious that wrestling is full of a bunch of quick hits speaking of quick hits we can't get out of here without talking about the new robin hood trailer that dropped this week i had forgotten they were doing it yeah i i i wonder why <laughs> had we just get fin- done talking about the disney domination effect right but it's like there's an intellectual property i guess Lionsgate owns disney it? own the original cartoon from like the hey, that was that was what you grew up with i yeah. i'm i'm totally into the Kevin Costner version of this sure. movie because the score by Michael Kamen is like amazing. Are you not talking about men in tights? No, I never really, you know, I never saw the movie. What? Never saw it. You're kidding I'll put me. it on my list this week. Oh my God. Okay. We're done with this podcast. No, Thank we're you not. Everybody no, we're not. For There's listening. still more to go. This There's is... still more to go. Don't leave yet. Darn it. <laughs> I cannot believe you just admitted on air that you've never seen Robin Hood men in tights. I think I've seen it. That is some penance that you are going to have to pay. Fine. My friend. I think I saw it drunk in college once. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, boy. Uh, yes, Robin Hood. As much as we complain about reboots, they're doing Robin Hood again! Again. We're getting yet another take on Robin Hood. This one looks like the dark and brooding kind of mm, super millennial kind of cast. It's, that's got, com- it's got Taron uh, Edgerton from uh, Kingsman. Uh, you got to do it. You gotta, Jamie Fox is in it. You got to make know. it interesting, though, for the younger crowd. I'm into it. I'm into it. Make it like, uh, you know, it's it's for me. It's not the Great Wall. No, well, no, it is not. Thankfully, although that movie was surprisingly entertaining, if you really? go into it open minded, yes. Oh, can I admit that I didn't see that either? Uh, I'm not going <laughs> to hold you as accountable to that's. You're comparing apples to oranges now with Fine. Men in Tights versus that. Um, but anyway, I'm more hung up on the old cartoon that I grew up with. I think from the 80s. Yeah, the it's my sister in law's favorite uh, Disney uh, cartoon. It's my favorite Disney cartoon. Really? Yes. I, well, because it's when's so the last close time you watched it? Because I, I tried to show it to the girls and I and I and I had trouble getting through it. And I and I and I held it in just as high a regard as you do. Yeah. I. You know, it's been probably ten or so years okay. since I've seen okay. it, but I've got it in the queue. I'll go. I'll go watch it. Uh. Oh. In other announcement news, not so pleasant. Uh, Rambo Five. What's not pleasant about that? Well, it's less. It's less about giving the poor money and more about just murdering evil people <laughs> with giant machine guns, right? I guess technically there's a crossover there because they both use bow and arrow. All right, uh, but you know, we don't know if he's going to use bow and arrow yet. If, do you know the Do you know the synopsis of this movie? Do you know no. what? The, okay, no, so I've heard something about so, cartels. So here's the story. He is now retired in some sort of ranch, maybe in Texas, maybe in California. We okay. don't know exactly. Apparently, there's a poster out official poster okay this movie's gonna happen maybe right so i believe he'll get it some friend of rambo's daughter gets kidnapped by the mexican cartel and it's up to rambo to go use a certain set of skills to go to the mexican cartel and save the kidnapped daughter so it's called taken five rambo whatever it's (laughs) it's basically it's basically taken with rambo it sounds like and guess what i'll see it I'll see it ten times. What were we talking about before? I, how go, fun was that last Rambo movie? Just how ridiculously violent was it was. Absurd. And now they have to top that. Just and that the three climax. Expen- and the three Expendables movies. Yeah, I can't wait. Oh, I, I'll go. Like I was saying earlier, I'll go see any Sylvester Stallone or Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, especially action movies like this. Yeah. Uh, Rambo Two is probably one up there as my all-time enjoyable movies. I all right. love those. All right. <laughs> <laughs> 
I, I did see the stinger that he takes on an ultra-violent Mexican cartel. So if you saw, as opposed to the nice ones who just give you well, like buttered bread. If you and, saw and, the ending of the last Rambo movie with him standing on the course. back of a jeep with a giant mini machine gun, you get, I think we get an idea of what this is going to be, right? Uh, hey, next up we had we've talked about before the uh, the six part series on the story of sci fi yeah. in in movies uh, called Visionaries, which is on AMC. Yeah. Officially had its first episode. Yeah, and this one flew under our radar, honestly, because of all of the Infinity War and Avengers stuff that was happening. We forgot that this actually was on. So last week, uh, James Cameron's Visionaries was on AMC. He's trolling us again, like I said earlier in the show. But like in the first episode, he talks about uh, space and he's talking with Lucas and Spielberg. So like. He gets the big names to come in and talk to him, and, and there's six episodes. I haven't watched it yet. You haven't watched it yet. We're going to start watching it. We're really excited about it. I can't wait well, to see it. I'm a cord cutter. I can't watch it. I have to find some way to watch it questionably. You might have to come down to my, my, my Jesus, I might have to drive 15 minutes. <laughs> oh. uh, speaking of cable, Comcast is apparently looking for cash to battle Disney on the acquisition of Fox. This was, an, uh, this was a news story from today. So we'd already talked about what we were going to do in this show. And yes. then in the middle of it, we see this. So everything we've been talking about for weeks with Disney and the Fox possible merger may be in flux. Yeah, they're looking to outbid Disney's $54 billion offer for the, the film division of Fox. I guess, is it 20th Century Fox? It's, yeah, it's 21st Century Fox. 21st. So the, the film part of it and then the, uh, the sports cable side of it, which of course affects my wife. But... but it doesn't. We'll see what happens with if it even goes through. I don't think they're getting Fox Sports. Yeah, they are. Are they really? Oh, yeah. All the Fox oh, Cable stuff. Man, that means ESPN. But, they, but f- they can't get Fox the actual broadcast network because they would have two. They can't have ABC and Fox. Antitrust yes. stuff, right? Yes. Yeah. Oh, God forbid Disney have a monopoly on anything. Wait, what? what? We this just whole episode like- <laughs> is about that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, you know, let's continue that to close out the conversation. A perfect example of our combo from earlier was uh, Venom will not be a Disney Marvel property even though you might think it is. And they duped us. We'll get into this. Yes. Okay, so let's break this down. I saved this intentionally for the end when Andy mentioned it earlier. Um, Venom is technically under the Sony umbrella of the Spider-Man universe, right? right? So this is a very similar setup to Spider-Man Homecoming. Do you? Does anybody out there know that Spider-Man Homecoming was not a Marvel Studios production? No. It was a Sony, Columbia Sony production. Yep. In association with Marvel, not to be confused with Marvel Studios. This is where all of this stuff gets fun, and most consumers just frankly don't care. They don't care because because Iron Man showed up in Spider-Man Homecoming, and then Spider-Man shows up in Infinity War, so yes. it's like they made a handshake deal like everybody's happy. But what happens, apparently, in Venom, like we still said, how can you have a Venom movie without Spider-Man? Yes. It's, it's very possible that you could have a Venom movie with Spider-Man, eventually, but... They won't have anything to do with all of this stuff that we've been talking about over the last 10 years. Uh, I, you know what? I'm, I'm kind of getting tired of this. You know, if you go all the way back to the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies in the early 2000s, this really, this should have been settled. I mean, again, that was before the Marvel stuff went Don't down Don't forget to about the Garfield stuff that happened in between. I bet you forgot about that because it was so bad. I didn't care. Yeah. Well, it was one of those things. Um, Bob Iger and Kevin Feige. Uh, head of Disney and head of Marvel Studios, they just need to go down to Sony and walk in the door with a blank check and yeah. just rip that Band-Aid off, yep. get it over with, and we don't have to have this conversation anymore. It's been too long, and I don't know what Sony is holding out for. Maybe they're asking for $1 billion, <laughs> which, <laughs> frankly, you can afford it, Disney, and you need to fold all of that stuff in together, and it's the missing, the one missing piece from your Marvel Studios thing, your encyclopedia, 
is the Spider-Man universe. You know that they're going to be hanging onto that, kicking and screaming, Sony would be. Yep, they have to be. Well, Andy, last week we covered the Avengers Infinity War, so I hope everybody enjoyed that. But if you haven't listened to it yet and you've had a chance to see the film, be sure to go back and listen to our spoilerific review. Yeah. We kind of recap our MCU order and how things affected uh, all of that stuff. But it was a full-on one-hour take of our thoughts on everything that went down in Avengers Infinity War. Spoiler alert, before you go do it, we talk about everything. Um, But also last week, there's a very popular YouTube (laughs) bagpipe player... (laughs) Known as the Snake Charmer. Yes. You may or may not have heard about this, and if you follow me on Facebook or Twitter, you may have seen me post about this. The Snake Charmer released a bagpipe version of the Avengers theme song, and it is so good. It is amazing. It is so good. It's not just bagpipes. It's a full rock yeah. uh, 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 orchestration, so right, with drums and guitar, electric guitar and everything. It is so good, it gave me chills. And I want you guys to hear a small snippet of it here. Here's a clip. Yes, because that was so amazing. Ugh. The Snake Charmer from YouTube. We will give you this week's Stone Cold Salute. I said give me a hell yeah. Well, guys, that's our show for this week. We hope you enjoyed that conversation. Andy, I think when that, that one's going to carry on for quite some time yeah, as the, all of this stuff develops. That was fun. Uh, listeners, please uh, throw us your questions. Let us know your feedback. Is this the kind of conversations you'd like to, to hear from two industry boys here in L.A.? We definitely want to continue these kinds of conversations. We're going to do more movie reviews. Yeah, we got we Deadpool. We definitely want to talk we about got Deadpool those. and Solo coming up. Absolutely, we're going to do those. But hey, if you don't want to hear about just geeky fantasy sci-fi movies that we enjoy go to, we would love to hear your request so send us the movies that you think we should go see and that you would love to hear our thoughts on you can find this show over on itunes and definitely head over to podchaser.com leave us a review let us know what you think on either or both of those platforms you can find us on facebook at facebook.com slash official concession stand or follow us on twitter at concession stand if you like what we do on this show and you want to show us your support head over to patreon.com slash concession stand throw a dollar in the tip jar and sign up to do i don't know your very own stone cold salute of your choice if you want to pick up some sweet swag to rock and let everybody know that we're your favorite tv and movie podcast head over to orbitaljigsaw.com slash store pick up a t-shirt hoodie coffee mug phone case you name it so before we get out of here i do want to bring up some people that have been interacting with us uh ben sap came back and was asking about... I said something about Wade Boggs, Donruss rookie he card. He corrected you. He did. In a thing where we were talking about collection and Thanos collecting all of the Infinity Stones, I said, oh, it's just like me collecting that one Wade Boggs rookie card. And I think I said the wrong year. I right? don't think you said it. 1980s, whatever it is. It is the 1983 Tops rookie, I think. So, Ben, thanks for calling me out on that. Uh, it was a retraction, I guess, or whatever we're going to say. Thanks for listening. Thanks to everybody who listens and yes. interacts with us. We want to hear more. Yes, definitely send us your questions. We want to hear all of that stuff. But I'm Nick Howell. You can find me on Twitter at DataCenterDude. And I'm Andy Nelson. You can find me at AndyNelson76, also on Twitter. But until next time. Later. Bye.
This show is part of the Orbital Jigsaw Network. For more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode, check us out, orbitaljigsaw.com.